Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Finally, The Rock has actually come back for maybe one night only. For now, to Friday Night SmackDown. I'm Tempest, your host of the SmackDown podcast here on the WrestleTalk podcast channel, alongside my lovely and wonderful co-host, Sat Eniangi. What's causing all this, Sat? Hear me out. It is Sat E day. It is Sat E time. And ladies and gentlemen, last night, uh, the app formerly known as Twitter, we had so much debate. Who should face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40? For the longest time, myself, from the beginning, I've been saying Cody Rhodes should finish the story. The story should have been finished at this year's uh, past WrestleMania, but I am aiming for next year. And then you hear The Rock, the great one. The dream match of dream match, The Rock versus Roman Reigns for the battle to be the tribal chief. We felt we felt like it was the white whale where it was never gonna happen, it's never gonna be achieved, there were never the stars would never align, then the rock left that crumb, that nugget on the Pat McAfee show saying that we were close to seeing a WrestleMania 39, the rock versus Roman Reigns. And we're like, why would you do that, Dwayne? And now you're setting the expectations up. But at the time we're thinking, is Rock being Rock? He ain't even gonna bother to come on SmackDown because he couldn't even bother to come to his 20-something-year anniversary survivor series. Lo and behold, Tempest, what happened? Well, what happened, Sad? We have a lot to get into here today. So make sure, of course, that you like this video, subscribe to the Wrestle Talk Podcast channel if you haven't already, and comment down below what you thought of SmackDown, because we're gonna get into things. And what is the most important thing to happen on the show? Of course, it's what happened at the start. Because what happens on SmackDown? But Pat McAfee returns. He comes down to the ring. Michael Cole is uber excited, which is very sweet, very endearing, very wholesome. It's like the one thing that actually makes Michael Cole smile. And I like that. He comes out, and Michael Cole's thrilled. He gets in the ring. Pat McAfee chalks up the crowd, says hello, says he was, you know, down in Boulder, which I'm told is in Colorado. He goes on, and then he gets interrupted by Austin Theory. Boo. Boo. Austin Theory comes down. And I don't even think they mentioned that them two were a WrestleMania match. 
like a year and a half ago. But it was alluded to. A little bit. It was alluded to. For as much as Austin Theory talks about beating John Cena at WrestleMania, this one didn't come up at all. Funny that. Well, what a difference a year makes, beating John Cena one year and the year prior losing to a, a football player. Anywho, they go back and forth a little bit. Austin Theory's talking about, hey, town down. Oh, this is Austin Theory live. All his regular shtick. And Pat McAfee says, this isn't your show. This is the people's show. And you know what that means. And he pauses. And then, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, The Rock returns to SmackDown for the first time in I don't know how long. They said four it, years. Four years, yeah. It would have been the uh, the Fox debut where he and Becky Lynch said that... Uh, <sighs> Baron Corbin's name was STD. <laughs> Great one, that. Anywho, The Rock comes out to the mother of all pops. Like, you think that a bunch of these men and women get big reactions when they come out, and they do. But man, you every so often need to be reminded of what an actual honest-to-God superstar looks like. Because The Rock comes out, and he takes his time, he basks in it, as The Rock is one to do. He gets in the ring, and people are chanting, Rocky, 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 Rocky. Everybody's feeling it. And they go off about Austin Theory. And my God, I've never been one for The Rock's, like, I'm just going to make fun of a mid-card heel promos. Like, they're fine, and they're fun because it's The Rock, and it's never not fun. But most of the time, the, the chant along with The Rock stuff, I'm like, eh, you know, it, it's cool. This time, my God, was he ever a goddamn conductor just motioning for his symphony to respond to him because he says that Austin Theory is from A-Town. Well, I think he's an A-hole. Got him. And he says, we're going to get this half of the crowd to chant, you are, and this half of the crowd to chant, an A-hole. And my God... Did they ever? They they did it, and it worked, and it sounded good, and they literally had to stop after to be like, oh, that was awesome. And they continue, and that's pretty much all there kind of is to it. Both The Rock and Pat McAfee hit the, well, The Rock hits a spine buster, and then they both hit the people's elbow to end the segment, and then they're shown backstage a little bit later on, just kind of chumming it up, and then The Rock turns around, says hi to John Cena, and John Cena walks away. Thrice in a lifetime, haha. That was The Rock's appearance on this SmackDown. Now, what I, I would not have anticipated The Rock's return segment in 2023 be against Austin Theory, nor would I have booked it to be. But this now makes any possible world in which there is a Rock Roman Reigns match seem a little bit more plausible because I don't know, like four years was the last time we'd seen the rock on this here show. And before that, like four years is a long time, especially these last four years, we yeah. hadn't had a pandemic yet. Mm -hmm. We hadn't even had the beginning of Roman reigns three plus year title reign. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about an entirely different WWE since the last time we saw Dwayne and now he's back. Yeah back 
maybe just for this one show, maybe oh. until the the strike in Hollywood is up and he can go back to making 11 movies a year. But yeah. the topic of conversation now turns to what happens with Roman Reigns, as it almost always does on this podcast, and for good reason. He's the star of the show. Because you said off the top about Cody Rhodes, The Rock, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania. What do we get here? And I'll open the floor first to you, Sat. You right, can sir. talk about any of the, the bits from The Rock's, you know, sing-along segment here. But also, what could this mean in general for the next six months? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to wrestling Twitter? Twitter. Very very opinionated about this sort of thing. They are very opinionated. I appreciate you, my esteemed good man. Before I begin, I need more energy. So give me that fusion, please. <laughs> Full charge oh, now. Oh, blew my hat off. <laughs> I told you. Terrible charge. What does it mean? Well, first of all, why the reason why I said no, it's not a one-off, because I feel like The Rock, the TKL mergers happened. So all the big wigs that are involved, they're on a high on this business still coming together. And that's always when the business still comes together. They start formulating the plan. Their first WrestleMania under the TKO banner. So you know they're going to try their darnest to chuck money at The Rock's way to get him at WrestleMania. Whether it's against Roman Reigns, we may not know. All I know is, without a doubt, I think we'll see The Rock at WrestleMania. But whether it'll be against Roman Reigns, I don't know. That's the match, though. Like what else would they have to do other than host or something? You know what? Yeah, it's it sounds bizarre. Okay, uh, if I was a businessman, yeah, if I was a soulless businessman that did not love wrestling like the way I do, yeah, sure, Ro Roman Reigns versus The Rock. If I was the person that loves wrestling and loves logic and loves uh, re rewarding someone for busting their butt or rip ripping their, uh, as someone said, the titty meat. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. This episode going to get flagged for me saying that. But that's what Cody did. I'm sorry. Like, as, as much as we can do the whole consolation prize route of like, okay, uh, we're scrapping plans, Cody staying on Raw, it'll be Cody versus Seth at WrestleMania, or we're, we're including Gunter to spice things up a bit or whatever. And then Cody wins the title, so that way Seth can go for his back surgery, and then we do Gunter versus Cody for the rest of the summer or whatever. We can do that. But it still won't change the fact that we as the fans know this was the consolation prize. This was not the belt he went to give to his dad. We cannot swallow that for a moment. Because that's what The Rock is, a moment. When he comes out, music hits, nostalgia hits. I'm 10 years old again because The Rock is my favorite wrestler of all time. Okay? He's my favorite wrestler of all time. There's no wrestler that made me feel the way The Rock has. Still do to this day. It's kind of like uh, uh, the love of your life or the first love. You're like, yeah. You know, if I ever see that person, I'll show them I've changed and I've moved on. And then you see them you're like, oh, I'm back to being that giddy person, that giddy kid again, that puppy love. That's what I have for Dwayne Johnson. But at the same time, he can he can do a segment with Grayson Wall at WrestleMania. Grayson Waller effect because they can do the same thing with Carlito they did with Carlito Stone Cold and Roddy Piper just a big talk segment talk show segment hype it up and in your mind you're like Roman's there why is he going after Grayson Waller because it'd be a great rub for Grayson Waller that's again that's like a logical wrestling book of mind but you're, everyone's thinking like a businessman let's do Roman vs Rock the reason why I'm a kind of against Roman vs Rock is because it means Roman will win again 
Or if Roman did lose, we'll complain that Roman Reigns' historical reign, three plus years reign, is now gone to a person that's going to be a part-timer or one not even be there for too long because the strike will be over, will be gone for a bit. Rock might become a part-time champion if he wins. So you, you damn if you do, you damn if you don't. Roman wins... The continued bloodline saga, his solo gonna betray him. Has Jimmy come to his senses because he lost to Jay at WrestleMania and now they hug at the end or whatever? We don't want any of that. If Roman lost the title against Cody this year at WrestleMania, then yes. Rock versus Roman for the tribal chief, uh, tribal chieftain role, that would have been great. It's the fact that in their mind, uh, being tribal chief and being world champion is now one in the same when it shouldn't be. Um, the other option could be option C. It was my option A on Twitter, which is night one, you have Solo versus Cody, because, you know, it will give Cody something to do. And then you have Rock versus uh, Roman on night one. And then on night two, you have Cody versus Roman, so Cody can finish the story. So we can have our cake and eat it, but rarely have we ever seen WWE go for that route unless we force them. The only time they've, we've, they've done that is for Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. is like he had a match against Triple H, then on the same night, he had a triple threat match against Batista and, and Randy Orton. So there's been times when it happened, but we have to demand it. But from what I'm seeing on Twitter, we're all forgetting that someone needs to finish the story. We're all saying, hey, Cody, I'm sorry, man. We're prisoner to the moment, which we were. Even I changed my tweet saying, sorry, Cody, you may have to beat Seth. But in my heart of hearts, in terms of following logic, it should be, it should be Cody versus Roman. But if we can have both, we can make it happen, I wouldn't be against it. The floor is yours. I, I agree, honestly. I'm looking at this and trying to find the best solution to serve as many masters as, as possible here. And I think you could do Roman and Rock in a non-title match at, at night one of WrestleMania and then do Cody and Roman in the main event of night two. Mm -hmm. You could honestly do it the other way around, too, if you yeah. wanted to and give Cody the main event of night one, and then Roman and Rock is the main event of night two. I don't really care which way around it goes. I think it just kind of depends on what story you are trying to tell there. Whether, like, the downfall of Roman Reigns starts with him losing the belts or him losing the title of Tribal Chief. whatnot. But that's all fantasy booking and such. Mm. I think that, ultimately, the time to do Roman and Rock... If you were going to do it, it was last year. The one with the Brock one, right? Right. Like, when when we were told forever and ever and ever that WrestleMania in Hollywood was going mm -hmm. to be the one where they did Roman and Rock, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we were told that before the pandemic. They were mm -hmm. hyping that match up that, like, hey, WrestleMania in Hollywood, that's when The Rock will have his swan song. He'll wrestle Roman Reigns, and that's the match we've always won you know, thought that was going to happen or whatever. And then it didn't happen. And I think a large portion of the audience just went, all right, let's stop kidding ourselves. Yeah. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. And let's not hold out hope that this is going to happen, delay plans so that it's going to happen. But it's funny what one little segment can do, right? Like, oh, man. I, I've watched the pop of The Rock coming out. And I've had my journey with The Rock over the last year, you know. I think, uh, in general, the media has uh, has not been terribly kind to The Rock not over recently, the last no. year. And for, for solid enough reasons and such. I'm talking about, you know... Black Adam. Black Adam and Shazam and, and stuff like that. The Fast 
and Furious franchise and such. But, man, does that just not matter when that music hits? You know? Mm -hmm. When he comes out, I'm like, he's the best sports entertainer of all time. He is. And I don't think it's close. It's not. He's not. There are other guys that you could say are better wrestlers and everything. Even people from like similar time periods and everything. Like you talk about Austin and Rock and everything and whatever. But in terms of just a sports entertainer, what WWE likes to tout that their superstars are, it's The Rock. Yeah. And if you have a chance to have The Rock main event WrestleMania one more time, I think you have to do it. I don't personally see a lot of value in having him go out there, go back and forth with Grayson Waller, and then move on. Personally. Because, like, you look at all of the various people that he's done that with mm -hmm. over the last decade or so. Mm. And granted, yes, doing it at WrestleMania would probably boost that rub a little bit. But, like, other than just remembering that it happened because I remember this kind of stuff, I don't think that, like, Baron Corbin came out any better from getting the rub from The Rock and Becky Lynch at the Fox debut. I don't think that Rusev came out especially better off for having, you know, been told that The Rock was, you know, banging his wife or whatever The yeah, Rock had said. Cut him out. Yeah, like, I don't think that those segments work very much these days. No. I never come, because there's a lot of reasons why, and that's a whole subject for different podcasts and everything, mm. where, like, it's very hard for someone to seemingly rise to the level of The Rock, because no one can. That's why, and it's a real kind of like test if you're gonna put someone in that position. Because right. you can go out there and you can, you know, you can do what Austin Theory did of this and just look rattled and, and whatever. Not like as a performer looking rattled, but like he's playing the guy who's just like, shut up, I'm not an a-hole, shut up. You know, play that character and then get beat down and that's it, whatever. But, like, the only thing that I think could rival that, I wouldn't do Grayson Waller, I would have The Rock and L.A. Knight from yeah. WrestleMania. And maybe that's too similar. Maybe they're going to expose that L.A. Knight is just The Rock or whatever. I personally think there's enough differences there. Yeah. But you need to have somebody actually seem like they're on a tier, even remotely close to that of The Rock, if you're going to go that direction. Yeah. And I think that your options for that are very limited. I agree. So, in conclusion, I would be very okay with seeing The Rock and Roman Reigns in a WrestleMania match. I know they said this year that, like, the Rock didn't have enough time to get like in shape and everything for that match and mm -hmm. basically just get his cardio up. But for God's sake, I don't know who's told these guys that the main event of WrestleMania needs to be 35 minutes or whatever. Oh, we know. Come on. Uh, uh, I the, know that it the creative would director, be. Their creative, the head of booking or creative director, Paul Levesque, is known for like. Just, oh, I'm well aware, yeah. sir. <laughs> I'm well aware that, you know. For the sake of. For the sake of he, you know, again, that's for another podcast how my guy wants to be Harley Race, but yeah. can't quite nail it. Right. But like, that's kind of the Roman Reigns style these days is to walk around slowly, methodically, talk while he's wrestling. And it has 
led to like you know the, the Jay Uso match, which not a lot of people liked, but was way too long. Even Rock's last like few matches, the the Cena match at twenty eight was a mm-hmm. half hour, which I looked it up. Other than the Iron Man match with Triple H, he never had a singles match that long. Exactly. Who's behind that? You don't need to give me a nice, succinct 16-minute main event of WrestleMania and tear the house down like Brock and Roman did the first time, where mm-hmm. it was just action, 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 mm-hmm. finish. The best match they had. Easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. Give me that, and I think you could set records with this show. You know it's not going to happen. You know The Rock is great at selling, so he's going to sell for the story. Yeah, <laughs> He's going to talk smack. You, you come here from Hollywood. This is my show. This is my WWE. You know, he's going to talk smack to him and The Rock's going to act. We know what... And then, you know, the funny thing is, everyone said they want it and I'm going to be sitting here watching people just talk smack about this match as they have it. I'm like, you know, you could have had Cody in, in that slot. No, you know what? This is this is the stance I'm going to be on. I'm off, give me both match on night one and night two. What's the point of having two night WrestleMania if you can't do it? And you know how they like to do accolades? For the first time ever... Roman Reigns going to defend his title on night one and night two, blah, blah. Do that. You know why? Because I, I, I want to throw it out there. The original tribal chief, his name is Yokozuna. He, he, he had two matches in one night at WrestleMania 10. If he can do it, Roman can do two days separate, you know, two separate days and defend the title. It can happen. Uh, on to Austin Theory because he's the other person in the segment. It was nice to see Pat McAfee. We miss you, Pat. Please come back and do commentary soon, please. 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 I don't think he's ever going to, which makes me sad. You know, you know, you know. What the sad thing is, he wants to come back, but I feel like you know, if I was in his position and I was given great opportunities and and the bag, and he's got a daughter, you know, Mazatov, uh, and you know, I understand where he's going. You know, you go where you can secure your family's legacy. You know, as much as you love something, something fall in the bag. Okay, Austin Theory didn't do too bad. I just want to say that actually, I was I was gonna cringe because you know Austin Theory is usually uh, rubbish. He's very much he's one of those uh, performers when you give him the microphone, you're like, man, you they give they really gave you a script to memorize. This is the part where you pause. This is the part where you feign anger. Nothing about him comes across as authentic. But I feel like in this situation, there are certain things when you told the Rock, it doesn't matter what he thinks or you know what the rock has to say i was like okay good for him and i like the line he said to pat mcafee about where i wear a tank top and i look like a greek god when you wear a tank top you look like you should be flipping fries does he think that you flip <laughs> fries at a fast food restaurant i think you know like the 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 the, the what you call it the fryer mm-hmm. and when you lift it i guess <laughs> i saw that and i was like you're stupid. I know, I know. Stupid ass. I know, but there was, he had flashes of not being bad. Yeah. He wasn't, because you know, usually he's not good. He's commentating uh, rubbish. Right, yeah. When he cuts a promo, it screams very inauthentic. You're like, you don't talk like that in real life. Why are you talking like this? It's kind of like, hey, Rock, took you long enough to, that's why he's like, shut your beep up. <laughs> you know, you know, A double crooked letter up. I loved when The Rock, put Austin Fury in his place but I feel like he showed uh, flashes of being okay he he, he, he kind of um, I don't want to say he held his own because someone of the of the rock caliber he, um, he did say he didn't embarrass himself that's the best compliment I can give Austin Fury he didn't sure. embarrass himself to the point where it's like you came across so bad compared to like the Cena stuff the Cena stuff just made him look terrible with the rock it's kind of like you know, people chanting at you, you know, you're put in a situation, you didn't choke, you didn't stutter, you know, you kind of came across as an entitled, you know, penis head. So, you know, th- that he did well. 
But at the same time, I'd rather he did it with Grayson Waller. I think that's fair. He should have swapped it for Grayson Waller and then move on to Roman Reigns. So to to uh, put a uh, exclamation point or a full stop or bottom line on this, uh, yeah, if, if you're going to bring back The Rock, if he's got his cardio up, if he can get a guy like Carmelo Hayes to blow him up, <laughs> or, or, or Drew Gulak, Drew I feel like Gulak, he's, he's the most he's the most logical guy to get him uh, ring shape ready. If Drew can get him in ring shape ready, why not? He's in Philadelphia. The fans want it. I was the same person that when I heard Stone Cold maybe come back to wrestle, I was like, oh, Austin injured his neck. He's already retired. No, don't do it. He ended up having a decent match with Kevin um, Kevin Owens. So you know. You know logic be done in this situation but as long as Cody is not the odd man out because fans of CM Punk they went through the same thing where CM Punk was having a great historic reign and then he got shortchanged out of the situation because of twice in a lifetime and back in them days I was saying the same thing triple threat match give me Rock give me Cena give me Punk but Punk ended up having a match with Undertaker so you know at the end of the day we both won in that, in that, in that regards but at the not moment Punk he didn't want that match. Yeah, he didn't want the match if he wasn't going to end the streak. There you go. But he ended up having a good match. By the moment, Cody Rose is feuding with Domino, uh, Domino, <laughs> Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> Deuce and Domino. Deuce and Domino Mysterio on, on Raw. Uh, please do not shortchange our guy. His return. Don't, don't forget, at the end of the day, Cody is still the AEW guy that you, you're using as like a, a, a blueprint for future wrestlers to come over. Rumor has the you know, Jade Cargill. So please do not ruin it. Do not ruin his push and make everyone else in AEW quaking their boots and thinking, if I go over there, I might get screwed over. Rock is a megastar. He's one of the biggest, highest-paying uh, actor in Hollywood. He's the, he's 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 the, he's the best in all of entertainment. But at the same time, Cody finished the bloody story at WrestleMania night one, night two. Rock Roman, one of the other nights, Cody Roman. So please, that's why I, I yeah, I'm done. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In the meantime, we are going to move on with the rest of our SmackDown review because the stars were out on this year's SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Lots of top names on this show. Not Roman Reigns. Let's not, get, let's not get crazy about this. But we had our first match here, which was Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, a rematch from TLC 2017 and also Survivor Series last year, which I had totally forgotten until just now. I know when you said that, I was like, wait, that's for the wrestle recently. And part of me was like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, part of me was like, they had a Saudi match, right? Because it felt like it was very recent. I was like, yeah. they, they wrestled. Yeah, I mean, so I don't watch Raw. Listen, I was not present for the entire OC versus Judgment Day feud that went on for all of the fall last year. You what? You don't you, you don't even do like little I watched little bits because yeah. it was like Triple H's time, but it was not those bits, really. It was the Rhea Ripley stuff, um, but anywho, this match was good. It was well wrestled, obviously, because look who's involved. They went back and forth. Uh, AJ Styles hit the phenomenal forearm, vaulting to the outside. All of this during the commercial break. Damien Priest threw AJ Styles into the post, helped get the heat and such. They end up getting kicked out from ringside. The referee sends them all to the back, and as he's ish telling them to go to the back, AJ Styles is trying to hook the Styles Clash, and a guy in a hoodie jumps on the apron. Turns out it was Jimmy Uso, who AJ Styles takes a swing at, and then Finn Balor rolls him up for the pin. So, kind of a lame finish, and by kind, I mean a very lame finish. This was no Survivor Series 2022. This was no TLC 2017. Um, but it was a solid little opener, for sure. I just don't really understand why, if the plan is going to be AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns, potentially at Crown Jewel, I think is what they said was Roman Reigns' next title defense, which is just absurd when you think that it'll be from, you know, from WrestleMania until eight months later. And if you go eight months to the day, he will have had one title defense. That is stupid but AJ Styles is going to be his next challenger which it appears that he will be mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. we should start letting AJ get some wins you know he's kind of had a spotty track record over the the last few months since arriving on Smackdown he beat Karrion Cross in his singles match uh, a couple of times actually but he's been kind of like up and down win some matches lose some matches uh, he lost to Solo Sokoa you know, I think it's time that we build AJ Styles up to be the AJ Styles that we all know he is. And this match didn't do that. That being said, yeah, Finn Balor and AJ Styles wrestling in the opening match of SmackDown is going to be better than most other opening matches that we get on the show. 
I I agree. Uh, I feel like we're in a lose lose situation because uh, Finn Balor is one of those wrestlers that we feel like his record has been spotty at best as well. Mm-hmm. So you didn't want Finn Balor to lose, and you don't want AJ Styles to lose, but one of them have to lose, and we're the losers because <laughs> both of these guys we like them, we shouldn't be losing at all. What I've also noticed is since the Triple H regime is that AJ Styles' track record has been abysmal. Yep. We what's ne- going on there? Listen, I already know what's going on there. I feel like, I feel like in Triple H's mind, it's like, AJ, you know, you've, you've had your run. You're now in the twilight of your career. Hey, you want to be a producer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to be a coach player? I know it, 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 what's sad is I've, I've, my theory, because this, this is my hypothesis. It's not based on reality. I see guys like Dolph Ziggler being pushed down the card. When's the last time Dolph Ziggler's won a match? There's certain wrestlers that uh, Triple H have been positioning to just be in a veteran role. And unfortunately, AJ Styles was going to be pushed as one of those guys where he, he's going to lose the big matches to the big wrestlers and then, you know, win matches against smaller wrestlers but he was losing a lot before he he had his injury which in a weird way for me was like a blessing in disguise because the way he was treated on Raw was abysmal he it came to a point that when's the last time AJ Styles won a match was that triple threat match the one uh, Dexter Loomis debut that's the last time I remember him winning a match and he was just kept losing so, so to answer your question I feel like Triple H hasn't done a great job of booking AJ Styles that's, that's what I was trying to get at it's, it's kind of weird when you can do a list of, of wrestlers that Vince has booked better than Triple H and there's quite a few even in a weird way the women's division you can argue as much as Triple H laid down the blueprint in NXT he hasn't bring he hasn't brought the same blueprint on the main roster so you can kind of argue in, in a sickening way that the thing that Vince copied from NXT he uh, Vince did better on the main roster than Triple H done himself so I don't know what's going on in that regards so I agree I agree with you AJ should be winning uh, matches he should be pinning guys like Dom- Dominic who's, who has a victory over AJ Styles by the way as well um, uh, Saudi Arabia yeah, you know what? One of AJ Styles' coming out party was that match against Roman Reigns. I forgot. Absolutely. If, I forgot if was it was it was it back. It was, uh, no, it wasn't Extreme backlash. rules. Extreme rules. They wrestled at Payback and Extreme Rules, but Extreme Rules is the one that was like brilliant. The one that AJ Styles springboarding got speared, right? Yep. That's the one. That, that's the match I put on the map. I, I argue that after that, his trajectory went sky high because he had a middling feud with, with, with Chris Jericho. But then, then again, I, I'm I am digressing away from the topic. Uh, yeah, like I said, AJ Styles, it should be giving him victories over like Jimmy, Solo, uh, Finn Balor, because Finn Balor is now a tag team guy at the moment, so he can afford to lose because he's carrying two belts, whatever, you know, perceptions of everything. But I don't know what they're doing because a guy like AJ Styles, yeah, he's not AJ Styles of TNA, early 2000s, and yeah, he's not the AJ Styles that we see in videos sp- um, spread across uh, social media, but he can still hang when when given the opportunity. So I hope they do better by him by next week. And also the OC, they, they need to do better by the OC. OC. Yeah, we get, you know, Gallows and Anderson, they've kind of like reside with the fact that they're never going to get pushed to the level that it once were and they're happy with just having money. But at least give them some sort of semblance of, of doing something so they're not feeling, felt like they're useless to the point that AJ Styles now uh, uh, ditched them because, you know, they're not, they're having an effective crew. I'm hoping that this time off, it kind of rejuvenates them to come out and step up for AJ when he needs them the most. I think it's very well said. Ultimately, I do agree. I unfortunately have kind of been of the opinion that for the last few years, AJ Styles is kind of washed. Like, it feels blasphemous to even say, because I have all the respect in the world for AJ Styles. AJ Styles is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I love this man, but he is kind of in the era of his career where... You know, you're going to get three and a quarter stars and like it. Do you think you he's fo- do you think he's phoning it in? Because even like Samoa Joe, we thought he was washed, and look what he's done this year. He, he, he found a formula which this works. This is for what him. I was about to get to. Oh, sorry, is 
that even if that is the case, mm. they are making the decision to put him in a main event rivalry. And if you're going to do that, regardless of how it comes out, whether this match with Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia ends up being really good or just fine or adequate or whatnot, you got to commit. Mm. You got to commit to the story that you're telling. And I don't feel like they're doing that. Like, if you want AJ Styles to be your next world title contender, yeah. you got to push him like it. And right mm -hmm. now, he's not being pushed like it. So maybe he's still got a few more four and a half star, five star matches in him. And I would very much like to be wrong on that. I, I, think, he, I, think, he, I think he does. I feel like he has reached that point where he's like, he looks at Wendy, looks at the kids, <laughs> and goes, what's the point? So, because yeah. I, I, mean, I feel like certain wrestlers, even he's like gotten no, his flowers, yeah, he's one of the greatest. Of all I feel time. like even with Shinsuke Nakamura, we thought we felt like he was washed, and you've seen his match recently with Seth Rollins. It's kind of like they've pick and choose when they want to switch it on. It's kind of like I'm making good money. You see my body of work. You've got the YouTube kids. Yeah. <laughs> you see how awesome I am. I'm just gonna make sure I'm not injured a lot, and I'm collecting my paycheck. And fair play to it. My point more so is just like, if you're going to push the guy, push him. Go yeah, all the way. I, you I can't agree. get half pregnant. But I don't know if they're going to do good in Saudi Arabia. Because I've got, I got a feeling we've we got this expectation. But Roman doesn't wrestle like... Roman wrestles like a character. We mm -hmm. know that Roman Roman has purposely limited his moveset to simple things in a match. Uh, which I don't mind. Because uh, I love Gunther. But if you realize that Gunther uh, wrestling style is very simple. It, it works and he's very realistic. He doesn't need to do flippy stuff. Roman doesn't need to do flippy stuff you, you can argue in the pandemic he you know his match style was working well but since then i think because of the adding extra minutes to matches it's become boring yeah. i think if it's a 15 minute match where roman does a little smack talk for five minutes it'll be fine because it's half an hour so you feel like 20 minutes is talk yeah you can kind of like go to the bathroom at the start of the match yes and, and then it, and it's like the final 15 or 10 minutes then the match will heat up then the, because of the final 10 minutes heated up it kind of uh, makes up for the fact that it was 20 minutes of dialogue 20 minutes of like you and Wendy and the kids you're in my island of rev rev um, relevancy all that kind of stuff that Roman likes to say so I hope the match is good I don't know because Roman doesn't wrestle like the big dog the big yeah. dog had movesets big dog liked to show out but uh, the tribal chief nah nah you rather yeah. bully you mentally yeah so we'll see uh, Jimmy Uso is shown backstage talking to Finn Balor after the match with a very noticeable Paul Heyman just kind of lurking, <sighs> watching from the shadows. He's not a spy. He's not a spy. <laughs> He's not. And Jimmy says that that was getting you know, Finn Balor back for last week and everything, so they're even, and they kind of like chat each other up. They're very cordial. Uh, Finn Balor says that there's a place in the Judgment Day for Jimmy Uso if he wants it. He said the same thing to Jay, and Jay didn't say yes, but he didn't say no. And there's no Roman in the Judgment Day, and he walks off. And Jimmy has st stood there, and Paul Heyman then walks up to him. And it looks like he's about to, like, chastise him for even contemplating such a thing. And then they cut, which was strange. But it was what it was. This was where we then had The Rock and Pat McAfee backstage doing their bit with John Cena. And then in the ring was Rey Mysterio and the LWO. And they're, they're there, and Rey Mysterio does his promo, and he says, Hello, Denver. What's good? Last year when I came to SmackDown, I was miserable. I was at a crossroads in my life. All because of Dom. And... You all taught me to believe again, and here I am, the United States champion with my new family, the LWO. And Santos Escobar gets on the mic, 
and he's like, Ray, you are family. When Austin Theory attacked me, you stepped up, took my place, and won that title. And you are my idol. It's always been my dream to have a match with my idol for a championship. So, Ray, will you face me for the United States Championship? And Ray, at first, is, like, shocked. He's like, how dare you ask me this thing? Why, why would you do this? He's like, ah, of course. Of course I'll give you a title match. Ah. And that's really nice. <coughs> And this is when the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley come out. And this was then a very strange segment for the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. I felt like this first chunk had a really solid purpose, gave us more of a direction now that Rey Mysterio can kind of like put Austin Theory and everything behind him. And Bobby Lashley comes out and says that this love fest is awkward. There are teams breaking up all over the place. You know, we're going to rain. Yeah. And the Street Profits then say, like, oh, we're handing out title matches <coughs> like Oprah. You get a title shot. You get a title shot. And before they could really even get into the bit, they get interrupted by Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro. Cruz del Toro, who just kind of shouts at them in Spanish. And then Joaquin Wilde is like, hey, listen, we're always ready to fight. So let's go. Doing his best Tempest impression. And, and then... They get in the ring, and it's going to be Walking Wild and Cruz del Toro against the Street Profits. Mm. And they go to commercial. They come back from commercial. The match is already happening. And it goes, like, maybe a minute, and the Street Profits win. So we have been asking for a very long time for Cruz del Toro and Walking Wild to be given some credibility on this show. Amen. And very clearly, they are not listening to us. No, no, no. Uh, as if we ever needed confirmation of that. But this was, like, an appalling display like, I think these two teams could have had a really fun, like, 12-minute match, done some mm -hmm. cool lucha mm -hmm. stuff, you know, good lucha things and stuff. <laughs> and it could have been really fun, but it was like, wow, what a statement. Like, this was a real, like, no, no, this is your place. You are the jobber tag team, the jobber babyface tag team of the SmackDown roster, which is a shame because they're both very talented. And then after the match... Uh, Bobby Lashley kind of pulls the Street Profits aside, whispers to them, and they go and they attack Cruz and, and Joaquin after the match. They beat them down. And Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar pull them off, and they're like, what, what are you doing? Don't do that. Ah. And Bobby Lashley attacks Santos from behind. The Street Profits double-team Rey Mysterio, and then they all leave. So this is probably the most out-and-out -out heel thing that they have done since appearing. I know they kind of caused a double DQ or whatever in a tag match a few weeks ago with you know the Brawling Brutes and another team that I can't remember. But now it appears that the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley are proper heels. Anderson and Gallows. <clears throat> yeah, Anderson and Gallows, that was the other one. Now it seems like they're proper heels, which at least is good, gives them some direction. I think that a... A trios match of some sort with these two factions could be good. I mean, we've been hearing whispers that, like, TKO is going to redo the whole structure and everything of WWE and whatnot, and one of the th rumors I've heard is that trios titles may be inbound. I don't particularly think that WWE needs more titles, but my God, they seem more equipped to have trios titles than AEW at this point. I heard the same thing as it's well. wild. But this segment was a little all over the place for my liking. Didn't end up with a great match out of it. Just kind of, like, happened. And the early part was the bit that I liked the most. Everything else just kind of happened. Do you know why? What's that? Some genius went, hey, you know how we've been teasing that Bobby Lashley and Street Profits are turning heel? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a great idea. 
Let's turn them heel in Bobby Lashley's home state. Ah. Idiots. Exactly. <laughs> That's what happened. But at the same time, they felt like, but wait, 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 wait. But I got even better. Everyone loves Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Lashley should hit Mysterio. So that would signify the heel turn. Again, at the same time, it's Lashley's home state. What are they thinking? That's, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking the whole time. And you're right. The segment was all over the place. Bless Cruz Del Toro. They gave him a microphone and he's like, I don't know if there was a miss. A part of me doesn't, I don't want to lean into that uh, Cruz Del Toro probably messed up uh, Montez Ford's bit. Because you can yeah. tell Montez probably needed more time to let the Oprah thing sink in a bit to get yeah. a little bit of an annoying reaction. And then he's like, you know, cut in and save the day. So maybe there's miscommunication issues. They had, I don't know, 30 seconds of mic time, probably even less in the ring. Uh, they need to do better by uh, Joaquin and, and Cruz. Joaquin, who we know from TNA as DJZ, we know he can do more than what he's been shown at the moment. If they're going to continue dropping them out, I would just swap the two for Umberto and Angel. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I thought. It, you know what? It could happen because in a weird way, I, I don't want to be... Listen, I'm not much of a fantasy booker, but I can't help but feel like if Santos Escobar turns against Rey Mysterio and Cruz and Joaquin want to stay with Rey, Umberto and Angel can just come back and be uh, mm. the new Legado. Again, I'm going too much ahead, but this storyline has already started uh, as... You're usually good at uh, BS meter or seeing if a slow hill turn starting. Is things that Santos come out of his mouth? Is that genuine or is that his yeah. subconscious? You think you think it's being genuine? I don't know. I, I just agree that it's like it's interesting. I don't really have a read on whether he, he or not. He it up it though. Is. Yeah. He goes, "I was injured. You took my title shot and you won." <laughs> if you read it on paper, you're like, "Yeah." Is, was he salty when he said it like this? But no, he, he seemed proud when he said it. He said he seemed very proud like Ray, Ray took his spot. Really? I would be kind of resentful. And then when he when he, when when Ray responded that way, was Ray being serious or was that a joke? Yeah, it was a joke. Okay. So at the moment, they're coming from a genuine place. Uh, the, the match they have will be make or break. I would argue that Santos is not winning. Because, right. yeah, it makes sense that Santos loses, has a frustration on his face, Probably might get a bit heated, but ultimately cools down because, you know, being LW is quite cool. You know, we've got cool merch sales and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I think this will become the resentment that festers because now we start thinking, it's usually around autumn or winter time, we start thinking, WrestleMania's coming out next year. What are the matches? You could argue this storyline could be WrestleMania worthy. Yeah, I think it could be. I think in my head, it's been like, they need to either decide whether this match is going to be at like Survivor Series or something, or if it's going to be WrestleMania, because I think it could be at both. It just depends on what they want to do with Ray otherwise. But I, th I don't think there's a, a wrong choice there. I feel like it'll give uh, Santos Escobar a WrestleMania match. I mean, Rey Mysterio is a WrestleMania staple at this point. He has been since the Ruthless Aggression era. Uh, Santos Escobar, I don't remember him even having a match at WrestleMania uh, this year gone. No. But yeah, it would be a great opportunity for him and even to win. This could be the moment where he actually cheats to win. And then I can see it being like he... It, kind of like the way they done the Ricky Starks hill turn where he was desperate, he won it, and then you start seeing the slow descent to him being cocky and arrogant again, mm -hmm. probably treating his teammates horrible. And that's when I, I did the whole pitch of Angel and Umberto because it gives them WrestleMania season, meaning they, they spent X amount of time at NXT to rebuild themselves to come back to the main roster yeah. and be a threat. Solid idea. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. 
The next match, of course, was the A-list rematch between L.A. Knight, yeah. Yeah. And The Miz. And it was funny because this has really been built up over the last like few weeks and everything. Like mm-hmm. the program going into payback was very much a hot thing. And then this match was like, it's like, oh, it's next. And I was like, okay, cool, sure. And it wasn't bad by any means, but no. it did just kind of feel like it happened. Like this kind of felt like a blow off match, which I probably would have had as the main event of the show. Would you? Yeah, I think so. I, of course, would have changed the main event segment entirely. Like, I just would have had that been very different. But, I don't know, this felt like it needed a little bit more just to make it feel as important as it probably should have been. But, again, it was fine, fine little TV match. Uh, the Miz had kicked L.A. Knight in the eye, somehow, uh, for the heat, and they go back and forth, and L.A. Knight manages to grab the rope as The Miz tries to hit a DDT, and he avoids it, and then gets <coughs> caught with a code breaker coming through the ropes afterwards. That, that was good, right? That I thought was a cool little spot. You don't really get to see The Miz uh, do spots like that. Uh, there were other neat little spots as well. They did... Um, Kind of like a sit-out DDT type thing coming out of the corner, the Miz did. And it was good. And then the LA Knight fired up and hit the BFT for the win. Clean win. LA Knight should be done with the Miz at this point, and they can move on. And after the match, LA Knight got his usual weekly time on the mic, which I'm really glad that they just allow him to do because it works. And he says that the goal's always been gold. He doesn't care whether it's Rey Mysterio, Gunther, Seth Rollins, or Roman Reigns. You say Gunther? Times like this, I'm like, where is my tempest gone? Well, I'm doing a quote, of course. I thought in the the quote, you'd be like, darn that quote, his Walter. 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 He says he's always uh, top two, and he's not number two. He says he, uh, yeah, he's going to have everybody chanting LA Night, yeah, and, and stuff. It's really good stuff, obviously. He's definitely facing Roman Reigns. It just when I, I think he's going to wrestle him at the Royal Rumble to keep the the people from being like he needs to win the Royal Rumble match. That's, that's how that's how I've been I've yeah. been I've been assuming that uh, as well. I think you're very much right on that. Hey, listen, if it does happen, uh, high five when it does happen. I'll, I'll, I'll be like, uh, I'll be like that. I'll be like, oh, I got it, I got it right. Yeah. The, the reason, okay, there's two ways of doing it. I feel like the old way, if Vince was in charge, would be like, ah, Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Just get over and done with, and then. But it has to happen in the Royal Rumble. But the question, uh, this has been people's take on it. They, they don't want Roman to beat him clean. I'm going to ask you. I know, it's quite hard. Isn't it? We wrestling fans don't want anyone to lose clean nowadays. It's quite hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. But it, it, the rule of thumb is baby faces can't look uh, weak. I think that's what it is. If you're a heel, yeah, sure. Beat him as a heel. It's whatever. We'll heat him up again. He's a heel. Promo time, you know. Wherever, but LA Knight, LA Knight needs to look like a future main eventer. So if you have him lose against Roman Reigns clean, then. But at the same time, we I grew up in a generation where uh, Stone Cold uh, rarely ever beat Bret Hart. To this day, if I think about it, never really beat Bret. Never really beat yeah. him. Yeah, he came out to being one of the hottest babyface ever. It's all about how you do the feud and how you have the man lose. If if you have um, LA Knight lose in a way where he overcame the odds, you know what? To be honest, the way Roman Reigns matches go, I don't think you have to worry. Solo somehow is going to thumb him in the throat, you know, so you, you'll be fine. But in the meantime, I'm thinking 
that uh, this whole uh, faction stuff may lead to the bloodline being in another war games, but might, they might do NXT style, where it's the triple threat uh, war yeah. games, right? Where you've got three members of the bloodline, you know, Jimmy, Solo, and Roman, and then you've got uh, Prophets and Lashley, and then you've got Judgment Day, or any of the combination of guys. It could be OC and, and Styles again. It could be like what happened in Saudi Arabia might bleed over into Survivor Series, where OC have had time to think, you know, they're not rejuvenated, they want to go after Bloodline. It might be a fatal four way for you know with Judgment yeah. Day too. So it, it, I'm I'm spitballing uh, many different ideas, but I'm glad that LA Knight did something that not even Damian Priest wants to do, which is call out Roman Reigns. I've argued that this year alone, it felt like it felt like Roman Reigns is not a champion; he's a title holder, and that the real champions on Raw, which is Seth Rollins, because he's defending every week. No wrestle smack that wants to challenge him, which is bizarre. But LA Knight did, but which led to the next clip. Indeed. Because backstage, Paul Heyman and Sola Sokoa are watching, and Heyman's just kind of like losing it. Because it's like, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy's doing all these things without Roman Reigns say so, and he's talking to the Judgment Day, and and Roman Reigns isn't 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 calling these these orders. He's not he's not having his say. And Sola Sokoa says, like, I know what I have to do. And he kind of motions for his thumb and then he walks off. But Paul's like, But who gave that order? On whose word? Call Roman Reigns. By the way, you know, this is what I was hoping. Um, Solo goes to uh, Georgia and he somehow spikes Wendy. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I don't know if we're going to see that. That would be but great. It would be, be something. That would be heat, right? That would be heat. That would be like, that would give AJ more for the rest of the, uh, the 2023 going into 2024. It's a murder it sure on site. <laughs> it sure would. But yeah, that's the backstage segment. He calls Roman Reigns and that's it. Uh, also backstage, Bailey is prepping for a match with Asuka with Dakota Kai next to her. She says that she hopes that EO uh, is ready for Asuka. She says she's been planning this, orchestrating it, you know, conducting, you know, puppet master, pulling the strings. But EO <laughs> went out and, and just challenged Asuka to a match or accepted the match. And, and I don't know. I hope she's got a plan. I hope she's ready. And Dakota says, after everything that's happened, maybe you're the one that needs to be ready for Asuka. Ooh, Ooh. NXT, baby. <laughs> and, yeah, right? We then go to the match, which is Bailey versus Asuka. And, again, these are two top stars in your women's division. Even if Bailey hasn't really been booked like one this year, you know, she's still Bailey. She's bulletproof. She's a four-horse woman. You know, the, the whole deal. Bailey is Bailey. And they had a decent little match. They go back and forth a little bit. I feel like I keep saying that as my way to get over not not actually taking notes of what happens in the matches. But it's good stuff. You know, typical TV match. And they go out to the outside. They go, they go to ringside. And they brawl over to the barricade. And then Shotzi pops up from behind the barricade like, bah, got you, woo. And she starts, like, chasing Bailey. And I said this in my edited review in the news, which you may or may not have seen yet. But, like, Bailey's being chased by Shotzi. And it's just kind of like this, Ooh, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, just, like, chasing after her. But, like, she can't catch her. She's just chasing her to be a menace, mm -hmm. you know? Chases her around the ring. And Bailey gets back in the ring and then gets pinned with a backslide from Asuka. Now, this is far too similar to the, uh, the, the, the segment in the main event, or not the main event, the opener, uh, where AJ Styles also gets pinned via roll-up after a distraction from someone not in the match. So I didn't love that, and 
again, Asuka's challenging for the title. I think you can just have her, like, win. And granted, she won, mm -hmm. which is better than AJ Styles is getting. Mm -hmm. So that's at least some improvement. Yes, but I think a good, strong, clean win for Asuka may have been in order here. My other point, and it feels like I'm really crapping on this match, and I don't mean to, but Shotzi has beaten Bailey twice. She beat her in a singles, and she's beaten her in a tag. Yeah. I don't know why we're still here. Bailey needs her win back. That's what it is. They're gonna build they need to continue. Mm. The thing is, yeah, this is like them half heartedly continuing on the feud without actually investing in it. That's the way I feel. I, I agree, and I feel like that's what most of the women's division has been for most of this year, unfortunately. But yeah. it was just like I just saw, and after the match, Bailey rolls to the outside and she runs up the, the ramp. And again, Shotzi's just chasing her. And like she catches all the way up to her and then has to let her go. So like she's not trying to do anything. She's not trying to fight Bailey. You can argue, just to try to make sense of nonsense, is her, it's more psychological. She doesn't want to hit her yet. She just want to still be in her head, in her psyche. Because if she goes back to the ring and even Asuka's not like keen on forming an alliance with her and I feel like this match kind of stated that Oscar's now back to being a baby face again yeah they have no idea what they're doing but also before Oscar, you do go to the final portions we I do want to remind everyone that Pretty Deadly made an appearance that's right Pretty Deadly did make an appearance on this show they're backstage you know Elton Prince is wearing his 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 sling for his shoulder <laughs> in her, uh, injury and apparently they're going to be getting back in the ring sooner than later. And they just started, you know, jazzing each other up because Elton Prince is down in the dumps because he's hurt. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be the same. But Kit Harrington over there. Wilson. Is, but Kit, he wasn't Kit Harrington. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's a joke, guys. Kit Harrington says, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get you back. We're going to I'm hoping they're going to do vignettes to this. It's just like, hey, let me hear a yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. And he throws his arm up, his injured arm. Yes, boy. Yeah. And they get wheeled out. It's a cute little segment. I hope we get training videos, vignettes mm. of Pretty mm. Deadly. I think that'd be pretty mm -hmm. good. And then we had our main event segment where John Cena was on the Grayson Waller effect. I say he was on it in quotation marks because he never once spoke in this segment most talented promo guy in this segment does not get a chance to talk. Who wrote this show? Grayson Waller berates Cena, says that, uh, you know, you're, you're, oh God, so many things. He talked about his hairline being trash and the hairline is fine. It's the back, the back yeah. you know, that needs work. I feel you, dog. You know, and I can relate to that. Uh, you'll never get to see it, of course. But, he says, that basically just saying that John Cena's washed. He's not been the same since WrestleMania when Austin Theory beat him and such and such. And John Cena keeps going to, to say something, and Grace Wallace is like, no, 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 you wait your turn. I, I'm, I'm going to speak. And he goes on and on and on. And then the music of Jimmy Uso hits as John Cena's about to talk. And so Jimmy Uso comes out and says, don't you ever embarrass me again like you did, John. You... You don't get it. Nobody here wants you. Nobody wants you here, John. Everybody here came to see me, Jimmy Uso. And everyone's going, boo. Nobody came to see you, and everyone's going, Cena, Cena, Cena. <clears throat> and this just, again, happens. They kind of go, like, toe-to-toe -to -toe a little bit. And then mm -hmm. Sola Sokoa comes out. And I liked this SmackDown 
more than maybe it seems. Because, my God, there was some stupid crap on this show. Solo Sokoa came into the ring. Yeah. And he gets face-to-face with John Cena. Mm-hmm. And they have a little stare down. It's like, ooh, big man. Ooh, interesting. I remember uh, John Cena and Umaga, you know, gives you a kind of flashback of that. Same kind of build and such. And then Solo Sokoa turns around and he grabs Jimmy Uso. And it appears that he's going to hit his spike on Jimmy Uso. And then he turns back around and he attacks John Cena. It just feels like they are trying so hard to be like, oh, we got you. Oh, you don't know what's happening. Oh, you don't know what's coming. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. No one knows what this story is right now. And it would be one thing if I wasn't in love with this portion of the story, Mm -hmm. but I could see where we were going. Yeah. You know? I can't, and I don't care, <laughs> you know, like there were portions earlier this year where I wasn't super in love with the TV going into like Night of Champions or Money in the Bank or things like that. Yeah. There were portions of this story where I was like, eh, I don't really care about the TV, but I know we're heading towards Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, and that's kind of a goal here. That's, mm-hmm. a di- that's a direction, a destination we're trying to get to. Now I'm just like, the hell are we doing? We're just spinning our tires, just like, you know, trying to figure this out. And it's clear to everybody that this show is, is you know, been left out in the sun a little too long. But... Mm. Uh, before I say my, my piece, there's, there's the final portion. Yeah, so the final portion of this, of course, is, uh, you know, they, they beat down John Cena because Solo attacked him. And then AJ Styles comes out to even the odds. Yay. They drive off the bloodline. But... Solo, very importantly, this is a plot detail that I think is very important, Mm -hmm. is Solo is kind of on the outside, and they are going to end the life of Jimmy Uso in the ring. And Paul says, save Jimmy, save Jimmy. I think he was on the phone while he was doing it, like he'd just gotten the word, like, yes, make sure nothing happens to Jimmy. That is the decree of the tribal chief and such. So they pull him out of the ring, they go on their way, and they beat up Grayson Waller to go off the air. And John Cena never gets to speak, never gets his retort. Not how I would have booked this segment. They they booked John Cena like he's EC3 in, on the main roster. A little bit, <laughs> which was bizarre. Like, it's just, it, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Like, you're having John Cena in a talk show segment to close the show. Don't use that as your set dressing to further a bloodline story that is very cold, you know? Do John Cena and something. John Cena is something you do not get to have on TV every week. They wasted he, him. He He's wasted on this show. He's got limited dates. So yeah, he's, he's here for, I think, for a couple of months. But like, each date matters, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's each Friday. It's like, it he was supposed to be here for like eight weeks or whatever. This is the third week. You're almost halfway through your John Cena dates. And he did nothing on this show. Unless he dark matched it. And they probably got a lot more out of it. And then... And is it Denver, Colorado? I would say Boulder. What I like about Colorado, by the way, is they name everything after mountains. <laughs> From the Rocky Mountains, you know, you got Boulder. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, the, the biggest issue is is the is they don't know what the POV is on Jimmy Uso. Right. Jimmy Uso said he was out. And Solo Sokoa, which I love how they done it. Soft-spoken voice. You're out. When we say you're out. So we're like, all right, cool. 
And then what happens after that? Paul Heyman goes, well, he's not in, but he's not out. He's bloodline, but he's not bloodline. So I think that's why the issue is, because we want to follow a story. But when the story is so convoluted that even that the narrator can't even make sense of it themselves, they kind of lose us. The only positive I'm hoping with the whole Jimmy Uso going back in the bloodline is uh, Roman will bestow some sort of personality change or nickname because main event Jay Uso gave Jay Uso motive. It kind of like, because one of the things, the tongue in cheek thing is technically Jay's only main event at that, at that time when he's nicknamed main event Jay Uso, he's only main event against Roman. But is, is, is a nickname given to a former tag team wrestler, a mostly known tag team wrestler, but he grew into that nickname. It gave him a sense of purpose. My argument is Jimmy does not have a sense of purpose. Unfortunately, he still looked as the leftover Uso, if that makes sense. He needs a complete change, a haircut or, you know, yeah, his brother got kind of blonde, but, you know, he needs something drastic to mm-hmm. go with the music. The music's there, cool. Got a new music. I'm hoping that Roman will basically give him all lavish things and, and, and mold him in his image because the Jimmy at the moment we've got, he's all over the place. He's lost. I can come up with reasons for why he's lost. By the same time, it shouldn't be me coming up with it. The, the storyline should be telling me this is why he's confused and he doesn't know who he is. He's been very bold because he feels like he's back in the bloodline, but he's not. We know all of that stuff. By the same time, it needs to make sense. It needs to be interesting. At the moment, it's not interesting. But I'd rather him be in the bloodline because we see him by himself. He's a bit confused, a bit all over the place. What would I liked earlier when Finn Balor asked me during uh, Judgment Day? He would have been like, um, uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, she wants you to do <laughs> And then Jimmy goes... I don't think my wife would enjoy that. And walks away because he could go, oh, really? She, she, yeah. she likes... And yeah, but Jimmy Uso is the is the glue because I feel like this whole situation is meant to mold Jimmy into the wrestler he's going to be against uh, Jay Uso WrestleMania. Jay's over like Rover. He's got new music. People are bouncing up and down to it. He feels like a main eventer. He's opening the show. His renders used for Raw. He's a made man. Again, I feel like years of building main event Jay Uso, that's the payoff. Jimmy, unfortunately, it's so sad, man. Because if this is meant to be a WrestleMania match, in, in the eyes of the fans, is even though it's not Jimmy's fault, it's the writer's fault. But they need to do better on, on Jimmy. They need to make Jimmy more interesting. It's mm. kind of like when they did Brett against Owen. I want, I'm using that as a brother, brother analogy. Owen was just, you know, his perennial tag team guy. And all of a sudden, he's jealous of his brother. But they did a good job of the POV was so simple. He's jealous of his brother. Jimmy at the moment he's not jealous of his brother but you need to do something he needs to be unhinged because each Uso have a trait and I think one, one, one trait that's missing is someone being unhinged Jimmy needs to be like they need to tap into something where it unlocks a personality trait or something that the fans can gravitate towards because at the moment Jimmy's nondescript I, I think that's a very important part of all of this because I know that we are not at a, a real similar space with Jimmy Uso now compared to Jay Uso three years ago. Mm-hmm. I know that there is three years of story there involving both of them that puts them at different places. But in terms of starting a singles run for a guy, mm-hmm. you look at Jay Uso, and it's not just what they did after he was forced to join the bloodline and mm-hmm. everything. Jay Uso had a number of kick-ass promo segments leading mm-hmm. into that match at Clash of Champions where, I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't watching every show because it was a pandemic and I, I didn't want to be depressed watching wrestling. But 
When I saw the little graphic on Twitter or whatever, where it was Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso as the main event of a pay-per-view, I went, the hell? Like, what is going on here? All right, let, let me see this. And the mm. first time I tuned in, they did the Jey Uso cuts the, oh, you know what they say when they see you? They, they say, there goes the big dog. There goes the tribal chief. There goes Roman Reigns, WrestleMania main event. There goes the WWE champion, the universal champion. You know what they say when they see me? Which one are you? And I heard that, I was like, okay, J all right, let's go, Jey Uso. Mm. This guy, like, all right, I'm with it. Show mm. me this match, all mm. right. I have had no such reason to get interested in Jimmy Uso as mm. a solo guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a reason for me to care right now. Other he than did, what, though, but he, he did. once did, and, but he betrayed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the bit. Like, if he was the guy on SmackDown, the Uso that was forced to be left behind or whatever, and they had to build him up and be like, nah, I, it's my turn. Jay couldn't do it. I'll take down Roman, go through all the various things throughout his life that have caused him to get to this moment where he wants to take down Roman. That, that maybe would have a chance at working, but... I just don't think that anybody has been given a reason to care about this chapter of the Bloodline story. And it's so convoluted that it's impossible for me to care. There's no clear motivation for any of the characters right now. Imagine, yeah, if the SummerSlam match had more stakes. Let's just say it was a tribal combat, but the Roman said, if you lose, you and your brother are back in the Bloodline. <laughs> right. And so that way, uh, let's just say Jimmy didn't turn. It was solo, and Jimmy and Jay are back in servitude. Because Jimmy's injured, it's Jay. But Jay doesn't want to be under his Roman spotlight. What does he do? I quit. I go to Raw. Find a mm -hmm. loophole, wherever. Mm -hmm. But then Jimmy's left behind. So Jimmy feel like I got left behind. I can't leave. You know, some sort of poor him convoluted. You know, you know, we let Jay go, but you're not going anywhere. You're gonna stay here. You kicked um, Roman in the face. He never forgets. And then it makes people feel sympathetic uh, towards uh, Jimmy, but he gets kind of unhinged and he kind of blames Jay for leaving behind. Then he turns on Jay. I survived sure. at some point. Some because it, it, the motive has to make sense, you know, because there's nothing to grab onto because it feels like sand. It feels so hollow. It feels so plain. It's like. It's so frustrating because I, I feel like as much as people say calling Jimmy boring at the moment, I feel like Jimmy has it in him. If you gave Jimmy the same opportunity, because he cut a great promo, I feel like leading up to the tag team match against Solo and, and Roman, he cut a great promo. It's just a shame that he was always one dimensional. He was happy to be tag team champions. He was dabbing it up with, with, with Sami Zayn. They had a handshake. He was a handshake guy until he kicked Sami Zayn in the face. He wasn't really given much. You know, Solo, it works for him. He's the it's the mysteriousness of it. He's Samoan Spike. He's the silent assassin. Each basically each each character has tropes or or or, or gimmicks you you hang on to. Jimmy doesn't have anything, and it's mm -hmm. so cringe. Yeah, it's a shame. Make sure you let us know what you think of the current Bloodline stuff in the comments down below, as well as who is going to be facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, all the other things that we talked about today. Make sure that you let us know your thoughts of this SmackDown. I gave it a four out of five. Like, I still thought, like, hey, the star showed up. The Rock was on this show. That's enough to boost the whole thing up a star. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, it'd probably be like a three or maybe less. But like The Rock was on here being The Rock and what's not to love about Listen, that? Listen, that, that's a four. If The Rock's on there, that's, a, that's a, a default four star rating. Absolutely.
But before we go, we have some very special people to give shout-outs to, those being our $25 and above pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalks. You can get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this one, just like Tony Jabroni. Yeah. Trev Dog Free 16. Yeah. Commentator of the century, Vince Phillips. Yeah. Vito Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah. Willie Big E Singleton. Yeah. For Lumberjack, my goodness. Double X, Logs, XX, is that even real? Yeah. yeah. Looks like a virus. Connor the Crusher Bailey. Yeah. Ruben Day, Rory O'Brien Kelly. Yeah. The Batsman, Nathan Batty. Yeah. The Man with the Scoops, Sean. Yeah. And Sean Michaels' biggest fan, Brett Guy. Yeah. Thank you, of course, to all of our pledge hammers, but especially our $25 and above pledge hammers. And you too can get your own custom custom wrestling nickname and have it read out on a show just like this by subscribing at the $25 and above tier at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. That will bring us to the end of our show this week. This has been the SmackDown Podcast. We will be back on Monday with our Collision Review. And until next week, I've been Tempest. That's been Sat. We are the House of the Black Mask. And I wore black today. Yes, she did. Also, the t-shirt as well. But where, where can they find this lovely t-shirt? Russellshop.com. Get the Russell Talk Faces shirt. I'm, I'm on there. I'm, look, they put me and Tempest together because they know House of the Black Mask. And then they also put uh, Pete and Tempest together as well. Ooh. Ooh. That's uh, kind of awkward Ooh. how you got two of his, his favorite people next to him. But who does he love more? But I was told Tempest he can love Pete more because they've got more longer standing relationships. So I'm very understanding. So people know that. But yeah, see you next Saturday day. Saturday time. The house always wins. House of the Black Mask. We out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.